Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Ricky Wilde. Welcome to Unsung Heroes. Um, yeah, we're back here again. Uh, me and Jake. Hello. Hi, Jakey. Um, yeah, um, we've got a fantastic guest this week. Shelley Paul. We had a lovely talk, didn't we? Yeah, it was so cool, wasn't it? Well, I'm not sure she was expecting this, was she? <laughs> well, no, we, back, we knocked on the door, didn't we, a few times. Yeah. Uh, eventually, the door opened. And, I, and I, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure she was. I, I think she was expecting us, but I think she was in the studio and by her own admission, she sort of lost track of time. Yeah, well, which that's, is what, a, that's what happens in the studio. You'll be working on the track, and before you know it, you look at the clock. Well, four hours later. Exactly that. Yeah. So, so yeah. I totally understand that. They're in, in, sort of engrossed yeah. in what yeah. they're doing. It's, it's, it's someone who's Absolutely. passionate, who's working all the time. And you'll hear by the chat, she just still loves and adores what she's doing, doesn't she? She does. And it's lovely talking about her life and, and where she's at. And obviously, she's behind Alicia's attic. She was the lead singer. Um, was that with her? That was a, with, with her, her sister, sister, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we'll ask her about that. Yeah. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. talk about that. And she's also worked with guys like Westlife, um, Janet Jackson. She wrote a, a track for Janet Jackson. Amazing. Uh, War Thomas, Roachford, Michael Gray, um, Dave Stewart. I mean, what a legend that guy is. Mm. He'd be a great subject for Unsung Heroes. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, he's worked with so many different people. Um, he's obviously had a lot of hits with the Eurythmics, but a lot of people don't realise the amount of people that he's worked with. He'd mm. be a fantastic subject. Yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, and she's worked with Massive Attack and and Andy Hill. He's that's another legend. Andy, Andy uh, wrote all the Bucks Fizz stuff, and he wrote uh, Think Twice for Celine Dion, and he's just worked with so we many. We should get him on, Rick. Yeah, oh, I, 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 he'd be another wonderful. You know subject, him, don't you? So. you know Andy. I know yeah. Andy. Well, Andy is, is uh, belongs to a society that we've already talked about a few times. I know the sods, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's got some fantastic stories that he he loves sharing. So I think he'd be a wonderful subject. Mm. So. Um, I just got to ask Rick before we play the interview. How did this interview come about? Were you, did you know Shelley before? Was I it... haven't met Shelley. Although weirdly, when I met her, it felt like I'd known her for for years. Because she was her dad a, a big star. That's as right. Well. Yeah. And her he... dad was uh, Brian Paul from the Tremolos. And then he knew your dad, didn't he? 
gr- growing up, or there was some sort of crossover, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. So obviously my dad and her dad have worked together, and we have kind of been in the same circles in so many different... history in some ways. Yeah, 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 and so many parallels between her life and mine. That's interesting. Uh, as in working with her sister in, in, in Alicia's attic, obviously me and Kim working together. So this episode really, and, and, and what the listeners are going to listen to now, is really the first time when you've sat down and talked with her and... And, uh, yeah, I really felt like being in that room, you got a sense of that, that you two were really just sort of, yeah, it was like meeting the minds, if you like, you know, yeah. as you say, you had all that shared history. Yeah. And I yeah. think, didn't she even have a picture with Kim when she was like eight yeah. years old or yeah. something? And she was yeah. talking about that. And the, Crazy. The families are kind of, uh, have met before. So, yeah. Um, but I think it, it's one of the reasons was, this it, chat for me was so interesting. Yeah. Because there's a lot of uh, similar kind of stories, really. Yeah. A lot of shared history. And, um, it was just lovely to finally meet her, and Lee said, "You know, Shelley would be a great subject for Unsung Heroes." And Lee's and great like that, and he's got—I mean, he's got a blog, isn't he? Number one sort of music blog, teasers and dares. Yeah, uh, he's really knowledgeable and passionate about, about what he does, yeah. And, and, yeah. and I think Lee is fantastic at that, reaching out to people, connecting people, yeah. coming up with ideas of new yeah. guests. Um, and he was obviously a massive fan of hers as well, with uh, with all the solo stuff that she does. The moment he mentioned Shelley's name, I think all of us were really excited that she might be up for it, and yeah, obviously brilliant. Lee. Uh, contacted her and thankfully she agreed to come on the show so cool. what a wonderful episode it was too. so listen so let's set the scene so uh yeah we're at Shelley's home yeah yeah we just came in and she welcomed us got the coffee on and what a fantastic conversation we had yeah yeah we literally sat down get got the mic set up yeah. press record and uh this is, stuff. this is what we come up with so yeah, yeah. loved it Shelley Paul enjoy do you make um, do you make the track as you go, or yeah. do you tend to write on guitar and then do produce it up? After? No, no. I, I normally just get some beats up, have yeah. listened to some stuff that um, where their heads are at, and mm-hmm. and like Nina, she loves the midnight and the eighties kind of yeah. vibe. And one of the tracks she wrote is like eighties girl. You know, it's kind of like, it's all very very eighties. She plays synth um, on her live gigs, and Laura, what who's she her play? partner, which synth she, she um, got? It's just like a little synth kit. I'm not sure right, what okay. synth it is. Because they're so expensive to buy, like, the old... Um, oh, the Junos and stuff, you, oh, yeah. yeah. We should yeah, say who expensive. we are, and, and this feels like it's already into good territory of... No, I think we're recording this. We're recording it? and going nicely, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no. Oh, no. Let, let, I just, I feel, I honestly feel like I've known you for welcome years. Welcome, Shelley. <laughs> welcome, Shelley. Oh, Paul, thank to you. To the Unsung nice. Heroes podcast. It's nice to be yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's fabulous that you've let us into your world. And really, yeah. I just wanted to know about you. What makes you tick? What made you get into writing? Your, your wow. family? I mean, we, we have. I know. We've many... got so much in common. Yeah, it's weird, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I think, I mean, I remember my dad taking me to loads of shows when I was young and your dad was one of the main guys that we used to see all the time and used to be so lovely to us and Kim your sister used to be lovely to us as well I've got pictures of me literally with her hand on my head and like looking up at her like oh my god yeah, yeah like, she's a great girl, girl Kimmy, and, and I'm sure she'd love to see you again you yeah, know, so, it would, yeah I don't know if she'd know me yeah. then because you know we, I was like I mean I was like quite an average little child with mousy hair Oh. So, um, so obviously then, um, the Alicia's Attic. Yeah. Can you tell me about that? What, how yeah, that Yeah, we about? kind of, well, so we wanted to write our own songs. That was the main thing. We had, we had a studio in our attic with a friend of ours from school and we loved writing songs. We both played piano when we were kids, both played guitar when we were kids and it sort of seemed like a, a yeah. thing, you know, what we should did you, do. Did you have lessons with... with, with yes, those? I had lessons yeah. with Mrs Penton when I was about eight, started yeah, those, yeah. and just piano lessons. So when you write, do you, do you normally write on keyboards or... No, on guitar. guitar. Yeah, guitar. I, I gave up the piano. 
I mean, it's much easier to kind of map things out, but getting a guitar and just knowing where to go and what sounds good. And yeah. I think you also get a, a go-to and almost like a bag of tricks that you pull out and you think you could try the major seven here and it'll yeah, be really 70s yeah. or, you know, you kind of know where to go on a guitar. I do yeah, anyway. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so, I mean, I play keyboards and guitar. Do the you? first tour I did keyboards, and, huh. but, I, but I didn't like it because I was stuck behind there, so it meant yeah. I couldn't jump around the stage. It's not very sexy, is it? Not very sexy. No. <laughs> and if you've got really nice shoes on, they can't see your shoes. <laughs> That's you know my I mean? exact thing. Do you know what I mean? My, my shoes are so important, so... <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so yeah, so with Alicia's Attic, so yeah. how did that all Well, work? it was like, you know, we sent our, we did maybe like 12 songs and we sent it out to every single record company there was. It took eight years to get a record deal. Wow. Yeah. People did not want our shit. We weren't awfully pretty and we weren't really trendy or we just did oh, what please. we did. No, we didn't. <laughs> honestly, honestly, people used, you wouldn't believe the things that were written about <laughs> about really? us yeah wow oh yeah i used to get some awful things written about me and how but i that... find it really funny wow was it funny though at the time yeah, you yeah always because found it funny yeah because i had a really i always had the hot guys so i was like well you clearly don't know me <laughs> <laughs> no it didn't it, it actually didn't bother me because i think you know i think we were talking about this earlier ricky you go in it for the right reasons you yeah. do your music and the rest of it can bugger off i don't yeah, i really yeah, don't yeah I it's the music care. at the end of the day. So over worry. those eight years of trying to get signed, it yeah. was you, you, there was no giving up. It was no. really well. I remember phoning up this guy. There was a guy called Keith Blackhurst who owned a record company called what were they called? It was a really trendy label, and the woman kept saying, "Who is this?" And I'd go, "It's Shelley from Elise Static." She'd go, "No, he's not in." And one day <laughs> I phoned about four thirty, and she didn't answer, and he answered, and he was like Keith Blackhurst. I was like, oh, my God, I've been trying to get hold of you for ages. And I'm like, how did you get through? I think it might be luck. And he, <laughs> he got us into the office, and we just had such a riot. We had such a laugh with him. And he then helped us out. He put us in touch with a few people. And, and I think, you know, if you meet people and you like people, yeah. there's a chain of events, and people just help you out, and they put you in front of people you need to be in front uh, of. Absolutely. Yeah. People, people do want to help. Yeah. I mean, we had this similar thing with Mickey Most, and, oh. um, and he was my mentor. And, really? um, and straight oh, away Mickey those. was uh, uh, he was an amazing guy mm. and um and yeah he he saw something in in me without Mickey none, none of it would oh, I love that yeah, so that's yeah, another yeah. 60s person legend yeah, yeah absolute legend yeah yeah how funny yeah we worked with Mickey once we did a it didn't work out because we didn't quite like how it worked out how the music turned out but we worked with him in Rack and he was so lovely to yeah, us yeah Oh, he's an amazing guy. Yeah. I remember in the, in the studio, he'd sort of keep himself fairly scarce. And we'd be in the studio and we'd sort of be scratching our heads at some point and mm. think, oh, what are we going to do? And then Mickey would just come in and he'd just spend five minutes yeah. and he'd just get Boing. everybody laughing and it would be yeah. just a lovely vibe. And, and then, he'd, then he'd just like saunter off again. And do then, you think you that's know. what producers, the really good producers do? Yeah, they definitely. actually just enable yeah. us to make what we've got to make. Yeah. Like, I don't know if lighten the a... load. He lightened the load yeah. a lot. Yeah. I think a that's lot. a good producer and it just coming in and making it all okay and then... Yeah, he was a great people person, you know. He, yeah. Everyone everyone loved Mickey, you know. The moment he came in, it's, it just, he just had this incredible energy and aura. Yeah. You know, when he came in, it's just like, wow. You know, He's, he's special. Just, he really was a special guy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very, very lucky to have... Uh, I like that thing. There's a thing, isn't there? Yeah. And you can actually, it's a physical thing you can uh, feel yeah, like off yeah. someone. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, really. Yeah. So, so I was going to say, Dave Stewart was yeah. involved. How did he had that. that 
<clears throat> our record company sat us down and said we'd signed our deal um, and they said who would you most like to work with and we had to write down the songs that we loved the most production wise and who we would like to do it and so we had a list of about six people <laughs> I always remember one of them well my top one was Prince and they're like yeah, <laughs> yeah. dream on yeah. <laughs> um, and so Prince obviously wasn't a thing and Dave Stewart was on the list because we did like Annie Lennox and we did like the Eurythmics um, and we went to meet him and we went to his house in Covent Garden, his flat in Covent Garden. And he, again, was so lovely to us. Yeah. How and was we it, came what, away what's it like in the, in the studio with him? Um, pretty similar to you and Mickey, actually. We used to get left alone and made, you know, made a lot of noise, a lot of kind of crazy noise. And then he'd come in, pick up like a, a can of spam and slide guitar on. So how did you feel when... Your first single. Yeah. It was huge. Well, I remember sitting in my front room in Dagenham and I sat on my floor and I said to Karen, I've got three, it's just D, G and A. Like, it's literally as simple as that. And then, and I, and we just sort of went, I am, I feel, and then to the A, sometimes saying that it's okay. And she was like, oh yeah, that's really good. And I remember writing that thinking, well, that's never going to do anything. And then when we did it with Dave and I put my little recorder part on it, which was on the demo, the yeah. demo actually sounds pretty similar because we just used to use break beats and then, you know, play a little kind of couple of power chords and that was it. And then I remember doing it and just so, sort of thinking, oh, I like everything about this, wouldn't change it, which was quite difficult because yeah. I did used to want to change everything. I remember going in with Trevor Horn and I went into the loo and phoned my manager and I was like, oh my God, you've got to get us out of here. Like, Trevor was an amazing guy. Totally freaking cool guy. But it just didn't work. Wow. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Because, yeah. like, I was really praying for that to happen. I loved yeah. him so much. Yeah. But as a new do... artist, that's really ballsy, isn't it, to say, actually... Well, I don't know if it is. It's probably very silly. Like, I would love it. that to be good. I would have yeah. loved it because he was amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's no way I'm kind of thinking that we were better than that at all because we weren't. We actually weren't good enough for it, probably. That's the truth, you know. But it just didn't work. Yeah, I think a lot of it is confidence as well. Yeah. Maybe now in that same situation, you're with your experience yeah. of the music industry and working with other people, you, yeah. know, you probably wouldn't be an issue. He was such a cool guy that yeah. he made everyone feel brilliant as well. Yeah. He was a really cool guy. Oh, it's lovely, Trevor. I, yeah. I was with him about two weeks ago. Were you? Yeah. How yeah. is he? Is he well? Yeah, he's lovely. Yeah, yeah. oh, he's good. Lovely. Yeah, bless him. Good. Yeah. Had a little brief chat with him, but we were doing an 80s TV show in oh. Germany. Oh. I think we're going to show it in uh, Christmas sometime. But Trevor was there doing Video Killed the Radio Star. What a tune. So, uh, anyway, but back to you. I can't remember what I was saying. So, Dave I, Stewart. I am my Dave Stewart, yeah. 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 How did yeah. you feel when, when that was... I mean, it was everywhere, wasn't it? Was it was just quite a bit fun, really. And we toured constantly so, so I met Al when loved him yeah. but Karen didn't so yeah. our tour manager Graham used to literally lift her up under her armpits and like put her on stage what, what does she not like about it was it nerves I think probably nerves yeah, yeah. and she did like sitting behind and doing production and the yeah. writing side she was comfortable there but it was really good to have someone to share that. Sometimes you find yourself in really weird scenarios. You'll know that. What the f- yeah, are we doing? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and it's so good and so unreal. Yeah. And you can look at each other and go, oh, 
Because we talk, yeah. talked about that, Rick, didn't we, with you and Kim? And it's, I guess it's a similar situation. Yeah, I think it's a really nice thing to it is a, There are certain yeah. moments when you're working with, it might be a festival and you're working with a certain band that yeah. you've been fans of for years. And we did a TV show in Germany called Music Garden, uh, which was right. like their version of Top of the Pops over here. Right. We were there with Roxy Music, with oh, Brian Ferry. And he was literally just standing there. And I couldn't. I couldn't it's even right. talk to him because he was I just know. like, I'd, I'd grown up. But know, he's probably thinking, oh, he's probably heroes. thinking, oh, look, there's Kim Wilde. Well, the thing is, our, our drummer was um, uh, Calvin Hayes, which was Mickey's son. And oh, right, he, was okay. like, he was like doing the drums in, in, in all our TVs. And Calvin just didn't care. He just went up to him. He's like, getting that yeah. away. Yeah. And I thought, oh, God, I bet I you any even... money he was thinking, oh, my God, that's Kim Wilde. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. But at, at that time, I was I was probably only about I don't know twenty, twenty one, and I was just oh. like so so shy, you know. So I just couldn't even look at him, let alone talk to him. But, did you? Did Kim say to you? Like, did you start it off together? Did Kim say, "I want you to come and do this with me," or did was it you and her? It actually kicked off the other way. I took some demos that I'd done huh. and um, to Mickey, and Mickey saw that, and I was originally going to be the artist. Right. I wanted to, I wanted to be the a producer man. and writer. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't see any other way of doing it. Yeah. I didn't really want to be an artist because I'd released a record when I was a kid and it, I didn't have great experience with it. And it was, right. um, and it left a, a bit of a sour taste. Oh, really? Yeah. So I didn't How want to be an artist. How young were you? Young, young. Yeah, I was about 10 or 11. Right, okay. Yeah. Right. Had number one in Sweden. Get it, out yeah. of it. It was a track it called was the um, UK's Donny Osmond. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the marketing campaign. Yeah. Really? But, I, but I hated it because then I went to school and I got a load of shit at yeah. school from, from all the other kids and stuff. So, um, Mickey saw Kim and thought, well, maybe I could do something with Kim. And then that, for me, was that that hit a spark. And then I went home and then then we wrote Kids in America. (laughs) And I demoed it in another studio, played it to Mickey... And he said, yeah, love it. You better go and do I another one. I love that tune. That is such a tune. I love that <laughs> tune. But then it all kicked off with Kim and, that, and then I stayed being the, the producer and the writer. And, and that, right. for me, it worked perfectly. So you didn't ever miss the other side? Not at all. Not at all. Do you ever argue? No, no. Kim and I, we, we, we've got an amazing um, understanding. Uh, yeah. we, we kind of, we always give each other um, rope. So right. if, if she says, I, I'm not feeling this because... And I'll say, well, okay, then we'll talk about it. And we'll discuss um, what what needs to be done or, or yeah. what, what needs to be taken out or changed. And um, so then we have a long discussion about it. And then we realise that I was right all along. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's easy. But you have to go through the thing to get... Yeah, exactly. How do you write? How do you do it? Sort of um, every way is different. That's yeah, the trouble. Yeah. I don't think we have a... Well, I don't have a way to do it. Not as an artist. I think as an artist, I probably have a formula. That's interesting. So, as an artist, that's obviously a totally different thing yeah. to being a writer. And <gasps> like that's and, another hat. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. I think as a as an artist, I do have a formula because I know what I need it to be like for me to want to stand in front of it. But for other people, obviously, you go into a room like this, how we're all sat out, and you'd go, right, who am I in this room? This person feels really secure and they know what they want, so I'm going to sit back and let that person do that. Or this is a bunch of people that might need me to take the lead. Or yeah. I suppose you just work out your position. Yeah. There's usually three now. Yeah. yeah. Actually, there's sometimes more, but I've, I've, we've kind of put a limit on it. We don't, I don't want to write with more than three no, people. No, no, I agree. Because I think artist, 
track and top line and any more yeah. than things just it gets too three, confusing I think three is a nice number as well because yeah. uh, it takes the pressure off a little bit if it, yeah. if, if, when there's two it's kind of you have to do at you least something yeah. you know whereas yeah. when there's three sometimes you might not add that much to it but what you do add is, is really yeah. without you there it wouldn't have happened kind yeah. of vibe and yeah. um, I, it definitely takes the pressure off and yeah, in turn I think it makes it it's a nicer experience music is really collaborative now as well I yeah. mean if you look at the kind of big big hits of today in america there's 21 writers yeah, on them. crazy yeah yeah it's crazy they won't make enough you know they won't make any ivers for yeah yeah more than the first four but i like the collaboration and sometimes i'll get some sent something that's been around the three bunches of people first so you've yeah. already got six people yes, on the record yes, before it yeah, comes to you yeah. and they say we need you to take that top line off and just give us a top line yeah, so then i'll be yeah. the seventh person but if it's an easy job i think well you know I'll just do it so i don't know about formula you know writing i'll just see what the artist needs yeah. from me that's it really would you write the song with the artist yes. or does it sometimes just another writer no for another don't artist? do pitching anymore it's too hard yeah, you need the artist tough. in the room yeah, yeah. or you don't get a cut i don't think anyone actually song pitches anymore i think the industry's changed a lot the good song pitches that we used to have just don't exist anymore the people that used to do that within our publishing companies they're looking for bands yeah fair enough it's just changed you know so song pitching there's absolutely no point but if you've got the artist in the room then you've got a fair crack at getting a good song with them can you just explain what that is song pitching i've never heard yeah, of that so it's a, so a lame i'm the yeah it doesn't really understand exactly. if, if if ricky and i were to write a song and yeah. we think it's really good and we think it's for an adele type artist mm-hmm. we'd then go to our publisher and say we've written a great song can you pitch it out to can you send adele? it out yeah and if someone's in the room then it's it's kind of an unspoken thing that they will be cutting with the writing. So your artist basically is is your means to get in that cut, really. So yeah. if you've got the artist in there, it's nice to have them collaborate with you, mm. I think. Even though some people really moan about that. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, the artist didn't do anything. It's like, well, if they weren't there, yeah. it's very unlikely it would have got heard or yeah, out, yeah. you know. It's nice when the artist is there because you can hear them singing it and sometimes yeah. that'll dictate where the melody goes totally. so if they're, if they're going to be like singing a particularly like a chorus and the chorus go, goes up like another tone or something and it might just be a little bit screechy mm. so then you, you decide maybe you can change the melody or change the key or yeah. something but but it's nice because you can nail it there and then you don't have to it's no leaving it to chance yeah they, they go in the studio and it might not work because it can't reach the note or yeah you're aware of uh, their limitations or where, where they're comfortable yeah. well, uh, I remember with Kim on the last album actually this album we recorded most of the vocals and um, and we were listening to Pat she goes Rick I'm really uncomfortable with this I said why she says because I just sung can't on instead of can't can't yeah and so I said okay well, well we'll redo it and then she redid it and it just changes the whole yeah. sound of the chorus yeah in a great way, though, I yeah. think, because it's more honest. Because she's That's not That's a American. funny one, isn't it? That how you sort of form and say words. Because and there sing are them. a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's you'd a say weird a word, one. but yeah. you'd sing it differently. Yeah. yeah. And I think the American thing is sort of acceptable. Yeah. So you have this huge debut album. So album two was ready at the same Kinda, time almost. As... Yeah. We did have the incidentals was um, a late comer. Right. Um, and we went into our friend John Richmond, who's a, a designer like a clothes designer. He was just getting rid of his um, warehouse in Battersea and he had like three months left of his rent and they'd moved out and gone somewhere fancy. And he said, if you want the place, you can have it. So, um, and our friend Terry had just bought a new dog. So we had like a studio dog. We had a three-story place in Battersea and we just went in, set up all our gear and we went there every day like a job and we just finished it, produced it up 
And then when it was done, the record company have to okay it. And they didn't put you under any pressure in terms of we want big names no. on this because it's the no, second No, they're really cool. They were really cool. I, I kind of want to have a bit of a struggle story because, but I don't. They were really cool. Some of the lovely kind of pop girls that were about at the time, there was a band called The Honeys, and we used to see oh, yeah. things that were happening to them and go, oh, They I'm had a, quite a turnover of, of members, didn't they? A bit like the Sugar Bays. People so. came and went quite a bit. But there the was Honeys. like, they were really pretty, young, really sweet girls just doing what they were told. So they, were, they had a job, yeah. yeah but they yeah. had a job. They were doing their job. Yeah. They were so mean to them. Yeah. The people in power. Yeah. It so used to really like properly yeah, yeah. piss me off. Yeah, yeah. Did you feel like pressure that. for album two, or were you? No, we should have been, shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> we were just really no. The third one definitely. Like I remember the the thought process of writing the third one. That was quite difficult. And that was Bill Betrell. That was Bill Betrell. Tuesday Night Music Club, Cheryl Crow. Oh he, my gosh, that's his that was big, big. It was life changing. Was it? Yeah. How so? So second album we, we did in New York and that was amazing because we sort of wow. lived in New York for sort of six months. And so that was a really interesting kind of time for us making it sound how we wanted it to sound. And it became a bit more organic and we used, we used Reeves Gabrels, who's um, David Bowie's guitarist. Wow. And, amazing. and David got his hair done in our studio while we were singing. He was getting it touched up because um, Reeves used to go out with the woman who did his hair. And it was quite a wow. weird time. Yeah, it was very, yeah. very low key but really fun and lovely. Yeah. And we used to sort of, we got invited to some really fun sort of parties and stuff like that. So what year would that have been, Shelley? That would have been 97, 98. Yeah. yeah. So then the third album. Which has my favourite Alicia Satic oh, song which on one? it, which is Push It All Aside. I love that song. See that? Dang, 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 dang. That's a rap file. It's a file being banged on one of those, you know, those kind of things that you put shoes on. Do you know, like those metal yeah, things, yeah. just ding, ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. That's and fun. everything was live. I it think you amazing. sounded like Wendy and Lisa on that album. <gasps> I love Wendy and Lisa. Yeah, me too. That's why I think it's my favourite album. Is it? Mm. I think it was probably the easiest one to make because it, everything was live. And even if you didn't like a performance, it felt like you were in it and you'd, you know, you'd have to really persuade Bill if you wanted to do it again. Because he'd just go, okay, that's it, put it down, great, just print, print it, it's done. And we'd be like, oh, I didn't sing that bit very good. Can we do it again? So that you, you were recording the vocals with... with Everything completely live. And with a band? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, wow. But they sectioned yeah. us off really well. It was quite yeah, separated. Yeah. But if you actually... If so you, you could go still do overdubs stems, if you wanted to? He didn't really let us. There was one thing oh. we overdubbed, and that was a, a really high... In, in House We Built. So were these people that Bill brought in that he knew? No, they're the locals, like, wow. that we used to... Because Bill was, like, the centre of the community, so people used to just show up and, you know, sort of sit around playing, and it was proper old hippie vibe. So do you like that Alicia's album? I love best? it. No, not best. No, I feel differently about all of them. Okay. I have a different relationship with all of yeah, them. Yeah, I would probably listen to that one most, song-wise. Does that relationship change over time as yeah. well? As yeah. you change, yeah, you kind yeah. of think, oh, I would never sing that now. And then you grow to love some stuff that you weren't so keen on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Originally. Yeah. yeah. I think I know, I try and remember who I was and mm -hmm. I'm possibly embarrassed about who I was on the first album. But only you would know that, wouldn't you? Yeah. But it's, it's really, yeah, really, it's a true thing and it's quite embarrassing, do you know what I mean? I suppose listening I sort of back, think, you, yeah, you, as you say, it must put you back in that time of not yeah, only where the album was, but, but where, where, you the, are. where you were, yeah. Yeah. Because oh, I get that watching old films that I've done when I was a kid and stuff. And it does I recognise your face. Oh my God, can I bring this up then? Yeah. Are you an actor? I am, yeah. I totally recognise your yeah. face. <laughs> I thought I might know you. I nearly did one of those things of, oh, yeah. we've met before. Okay, so yeah. can you tell me what you've done? Oh, not much. <laughs> oh, no, no, you don't. Oh, God, right, okay. I'm just a okay. friend of Rick's. Oh, I'm so sorry. But, no, but a similar thing, yeah, when I look back on like films and stuff, I, I just think about the crap hotel that we yeah. were staying in in Prague or whatever. Or, you yeah. know, I don't see the film. It just reminds you of everything that's happening. Do you think like. you've changed over your career then? Um, like what, the stuff I look back on? Yeah. Like, do you, as, you, as an actor, if you have to pretend to be someone else, mm. do you ever remember who you are when you were acting it? Because surely, you, do you have to go into like a method place where you become someone else to do it? No, not really. No? No. Okay, so have Every you got acting skills? like to? Yeah, I've got a few skills. Yeah. To pull out the bag? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I find that really fascinating, the acting thing. Because mm. you just, uh, one of my... Yeah, really... so do I. That's, why I, that's partly why I do it, yeah. I think. Yeah. Like and is it because you can be someone else every day? Um, no, I just like the process. I like the process of, uh, of, of, because you're part of a team. I think as an actor, you're part of telling a bigger story, aren't you? Like a film or something like that. I just, and I like being, I like serving the, whatever you're doing, the script or the Would you act story. differently dependent on how your co-stars or co-actors? No, I think it's the same technique and I think it's, no, acting's one of those things that I think it's, so personal and everyone's is got it? their own yeah everyone's got their if own if it gets ramped you know if there's a bit when there's like a ramped up scene and there's going to be a bit of yeah. argy bargy if they're getting much higher than you thought it was going to go would you go along with them or yeah. would you continue no, your no yeah story? the way I work is that it's um, yeah you're in that moment but do you ever think of yourself oh my god I'm on the loo and I'm on the telly like, or do you never go out no, of your no those are really character? bad thoughts aren't they like mid work because yeah. then obviously cause, and you can't ever do that you can't step out mm, of your I think you can question your work and it you, is Ooh. brave yeah. and really free yeah I like that word because I feel like that's one of the things that that's quite impossible to in music. It's really difficult to do that because you really set yourself open because mm. it's your person. Mm. It's your thing. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because my job, I think, is to be focused on the other on the other person and what they're doing and what they're doing, how that affects me. 
And do you feel yeah. like you've got a, a <laughs> sort of a glove over you, like a, a, you know, a mask over you? No. So you are you in that scenario? In that, yeah. But I'm so, yeah, but of course I'm that character and doing different things, reacting differently, depending on the story and where it's, where it's going. I think the best actors are always empathetic and intelligent and quite, you know, sort of um, look inwards a lot of them. The best yeah. ones are might, you know, not always. I think sometimes actors are the like, best actors oh. are sort of, yeah, yeah. sort of a bit more introspective. And I think yeah. Phil's definitely like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. What about like music that? I was going to say, was about ask... music videos? Because yeah. you must have to act in music yeah. videos. Yeah, I did that. This is why I would never be a good actress. I used to look in the, in the mirror and think, what do I look like when I'm doing that? Like, I knew I had to have an argument with my sister in a video. No, it's a kiss of death, though. Yeah, totally. Because then I was really aware that I looked ugly. Yeah. And that's then you just look ugly. Yeah, then you're, yeah, <laughs> you're self-conscious. No yeah, it's, yeah. No, it's no good. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about if you write a song. Do you ever write a song from a character's point of view, put yourself in that situation and tell a story Yeah, like but that. then it's always you again. It's like you just said, it is always from your own emotions somewhere, but you might put a character in front of it so that you don't actually have to be standing in front of it yourself. Yeah, yeah. And is that easier? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. some things you do need to say and you want to write a song about and you mm. do want to address, but you don't want to address it in your first person. So it's really nice to have a bit of ambiguity yeah. in the song and you can sort of say it from a perspective of someone else and sometimes it makes me feel quite uncomfortable yeah something like eric clapton's tears in heaven oh, would be yes, an example. Yeah. how do you sing that gosh how do you I get know. up and sing with well, what that must bring back for you every time you yeah have to i sing know it. so back to album three for alicia's attic yeah album three and bill betrayal bill betrayal hippie movement art hippie movement yeah after that alicia's mm -hmm. attic is no more largely no uh we did one more album for Japan. For Japan, yeah. but in the UK, it sort of no. It they did you choose to stop? No, the label said we we are out of contract. We did four albums. We completed our contract. wasn't going to be renewed. And was that a surprise? No, we come to the end of the contract. To be quite honest, I think Karen and I, if we'd have done another one, we wouldn't be friends now. So did you have Plan B already in your head about? I'm going to be a songwriter for well, we were for already hire. writing for other people. Okay. So after that last album, I went and did some stuff with Massive Attack and just sort of went into a whole different type of music and totally cleansed myself from what I didn't, you know, to try and work out what I was going to do and what musically I wanted to do. Then I did Hard Time for the Dreamer and then I did another, like, three massive tours with that. So I kind of just... I sort of slightly just quietly carried on. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And hard time, on a much quieter level. Hard time for the dreamer. We were talking before we switched our mics on. Is a mm. is a, a is a hidden classic. That's how we think of it. And I've introduced you to yeah, it recently. It's beautiful. And we found old little so Jack Savaretti, who's not little. He's absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How good is he doing now? Amazing. Oh, yeah. Touch some wood because I'm so pleased for him. Yeah. I'm so talented that dude. I, I saw him perform Catapult on um, Graham Norton. How beautiful and I was, was that? Oh my God! What a song. Yeah. And I was hooked after that. I yeah. know he's, he's amazing. Beautiful voice. He's so nice. He's such a nice guy as well. He comes across amazing. I love him. Yeah. Did you have a plan for Hard Time for the Dreamer in terms of was it just something you were doing on the side no. or? No, just I got I met these guys who were doing a digital label. It was the first of its kind, and they were like, "Do you want to put it out on the label?" Oh like, yeah. And then I think that that we were the first people to 
it was like the first time they'd had music in coffee shops and we, we were the first ever thing that they played in store and so we were linked to Starbucks, which is really odd. And the other thing was, there was a thing called Second Life where people used to make up their life, it was a computer game. Mm. You had to walk into a kitchen, turn the radio on and my music was on the radio and you could click a link and go straight to buy it and that was like... Wow. I mean, that was serious that was shit in those days. Yeah. 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 Oh, I know. Yeah. So, but no, just a bit quieter, yeah. but but and not so much a plan, but just music and. It's a timeless record. It sounds so. It's gorgeous. very would, nice to know. It could be recorded and released now, and you'd totally think it had just been recorded and released now. Huh. And indeed, it has just been re-released. Now. Yeah. We'd like a one-off live show, please, if you're yeah. playing that from start to finish. I'm actually speaking to a promoter <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. That'd be lovely. Can we ask you about the Janet Jackson song, Slow That Love? was very strange. That was like, um, I was working with this guy called Tommy D. This was in the old days when you could song plug, song pitch. And he had this thing and we were just going, oh, I gotta tell you now I wanna do do is. And it was just like this really sort of nice little Janet Jackson-ish thing. And my publisher at the time was like, oh, that's a great chorus. Can you write a verse to it? And we were like, oh, all right then. Didn't think anything of it. Wrote a little verse. And she'd sent it off to you know, the big guys that produced Janet Jackson. And then she'd written another verse. And then before we we didn't go over to meet her or anything, this song was just used. And But that was publisher being publisher. Yeah. That's when publishers were really prevalent in your career. Yeah. And, and so you, you weren't in the same room writing that song with her? Nope. Just did an idea and it got taken. And she developed it? Yeah. 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 And usually, because people used to sort of, you know, want to have a name on their records, like, and they wouldn't use it if they didn't have a name. So it was quite interesting that she just took that. Yeah, it is interesting. That's quite yeah. an experimental yeah. album, her, yeah. that, that Demetri yeah, Joe album. Yeah, it's a weird album. one, isn't it? It's quite an overlooked one. It's not one that Janet fans necessarily yeah. love, but I actually like quite a lot of it. Do you? But the stuff that wasn't singles. Did you get to meet her and hang out? Or? Nope. You never, you never nope, met her? never no. met her. Really? Yeah. Was that weird, listening back? Do you know, I would never felt very close to that one because I didn't really care about it. Oh, it yeah. was like a, it was a bit sexy and it was a bit sort of stuff that I didn't really... Yeah. I just felt we were doing a nice little vibe. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I just gave it away. Mm-hmm. Some of them you just don't have a connection You're not with. attached yeah. to. Yeah, 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 and I wasn't attached to that one. Yeah. But I like what happened to it, yeah. but yeah. I wasn't yeah. attached to it. Whereas there's other ones that, like, so the Michael Gray one, that borderline, borderline, the chorus was the bit they used as the middle eight, and I was just mortified. So I was like, no, that's the chorus, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my God. And then they'd cut the verse up and use that as the chorus. I was literally like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Because I did really feel connected to that one. I thought, yeah. oh, I've written a great chorus. It's so weird when you hear a, a song a certain way and, oh. and then someone takes it away and it totally changes it. It's, a, it's a real, it takes a while to get your yeah. head around that, yeah. Rachel Stevens' Shimapel is another. Yeah, that's that was a funny. That's a great But one. that was for me, because it was called Shimapel Michelle, which is my name. Oh, of course. Yeah. And it was about a guy I used to go out with at school. <laughs> Well, not in school, but pretty, you know, college. Yeah. And so oh. Rachel did it. Yeah. So were you See, writing for weird. her? Was that no. a pitch or is that a... No, a lady at, um, at 19 Management had heard the song and it was for me. And I didn't really want to give that one away, to be honest. And she was like, we love it for Rachel. We want to change it to Jumash Pell Rochelle. Okay, whatever. I can yeah. always write another one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So the next Alice Jemima record, I've got two on that. And they're completely for her. Like, we wrote them absolutely about her artistry, what she does. And 
And I'm, we're now working on the Roachford album for BMG. Mm-hmm. Do you remember oh, him? Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, cuddly tall. Oh, my yeah, God, he's amazing. amazing. What a voice. He's freaking awesome. Yeah. He knows all the chords. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, know all the chords. So we're doing that. That's, that's, I mean, he's, he's quite an artist, you know. Yeah. I like him. And some um, film and TV stuff, did we read that you're doing potentially? Yeah, I've written a, whole a few. Other... Yeah. How does that work? What wow. process is that like as a songwriter? Well, a I met a guy called Miles Ross, who's Jonathan Ross's brother, and he... We filmed something while we were working in the studio. We were like, this is freaking hysterical. And it was based on true stuff that had happened in the studio. And he really liked it. So what we're developing with him at the moment is the studio idea of what happens, funny stuff in the studio, but it's character-based. So it's about Charity and I being in a band together a long, long, long time ago, which was true when we had Red Sky July. And we've split up. We've had two different, very different lives. And then we come together for a one-off gig and it's, we basically at the end, I'm not going to tell you what happens at the end, but um, it's really dark. Kind of funny if you're weird. (laughs) (laughs) But so, yeah, so that's another, a whole, a whole nother thing. Are you going to be in it if it gets made? Yeah, that have to. Is that the plan? Yeah. yeah. And it's based on a really true thing, you know. Mm. And we have such a good relationship, me and the other girl, that we can really find it funny now, but it was of a true... You know, very sinister. <laughs> Do you make music for television and film as well? Yeah, in terms of... it sounds like I'm doing so much. That, I think that's why I know. We, we've got a company that deals in library and production music. And um, I think it's becoming a kind of sexier angle to do music from. It used to be really not. Um, but it's a... Uh, I think the bespoke music to visual is like my most fun thing to do. Oh my God, it's amazing. You've literally been shown what you need to do. You know, it's like when you start a song, you have to find that thing, that visual in your head. Yeah. And then start your song, whereas you're being given that already. And then you just need to Do they, do they give you a, like. um, a brief, as in yes. that we're, musically we want it to sound a bit like yes. and then whatever it is? Yeah. And it's usually something that's quite unmusical and people have written that who probably don't understand music. Do you know what I mean? But you literally, you see it and you know what you should do. I love that. As an actor, do you ever think of that, Jake, in terms of you look at a a scene in a film or whatever, particularly if you were involved in it, and then you hear the music that was picked for it and you think, oh, wow, that's not what I would have heard in terms of if you're involved in the scene or... No, but I think when it works well, it enhances. It, 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 yeah. it, it's another element of the storytelling, isn't it? So, you, so you've got the camera work, the acting, the lighting, the, and I think the music, obviously, oh, the music is, is an really integral ch- part of yeah. it, isn't it? Can, it? It can really make a scene. Yeah. yeah. If it's the right emotion, if you take that away and it's sometimes you've just left with the visual, sometimes it doesn't do anything, does yeah. it? Like it doesn't give you the emotion. Sometimes it's all about the music yes. in certain yeah. ways. And it's always the last thing to get done. In film, yeah, TV, yeah, it's always yeah, the last thing to yeah. get done, last thing on the budget, so mm. it's always the cheapest thing. Yeah. And I I mean, of course I'm going to say it, but I think it's probably the most integral it such part. A, it's a huge part. Yeah. Huge part. But do you think yeah. it, probably it has to be the last thing to be done, doesn't it, in terms of... I mean, sorry, it's the last thing to be thought about. Oh, to be thought yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're bought in last minute, always. Oh, it's like a last yeah. minute consideration. And you've got till 24 hours, basically. That's nuts. Yeah, because yeah. it, is, it is so important. Yeah. It? But then I suppose they're in the business of film, TV, and we're in the business of music. So. And with the advent of Netflix bringing yeah. out all this new product. Everything think, needs music. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 there's a huge market for that now. I know. Like, literally everything. So we used to yeah. listen to something. You know, like, if you put something on your phone? Mm. Well, now, I would you put that in the background and then do something else on my phone. So I'm still listening to the music, but in a completely different way. I'm backgrounding it. Mm. You know, whereas before, we'd put a record on. 
and we'd sit and listen to it. You'd be in that music. Whereas mm. now, I'll background it, put a new screen on and start doing something else. So we just, I think we're just sourcing and listening to things differently. I love it that you go to gigs and stuff, Lee. You're quite a, you know, it's quite unusual. I've never known anybody as hungry for new music and new artists. I love that. It's it stresses incredible. me the thought that I've missed out on the next great song. So having a music blog, you get pitched so much stuff all the time, but it just worries me that what if this is the week that I missed yeah. the song that was the song that yeah. I really needed to hear. So I yeah. just try to consume as much of it, but it's that balance between consuming all the new stuff, but enjoying the stuff that you enjoy as well and giving that time and space as well. I love um, that. What else are you listening to or what else sort of... Uh... Um, but do you all use Spotify? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use it to make playlists, but I don't listen to my music via it. Don't you? Do, what do you how do you listen to it at home? I buy it and have the CD or the vinyl. You still play CDs? Yeah. Huh. I know. No, no, I think that's brilliant. So even we when choosing a, of... new, choosing a new car, it, it was a case of, has it still got a CD player CD in it? Player. So yes, we still make CD players for cars. Some <gasps> do, some Are there still CD players for cars? Some, yeah. yeah. Not all manufacturers do. How do you mm. listen to yours? I'm Spotify, hundred percent. Yeah, and I love it. You know, I just, and do you have it through a speaker system? Yeah, Sonos. Yeah, yeah, which is just an amazing system. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. And, but and what um, about you? Ricky? Yeah, same yeah. Sonos. Yeah, yeah. with the uh, uh, Spotify or iTunes. Yeah, yeah. those two. Yeah. Funny, Lee, Lee sends me a lot of stuff. I gift um, him stuff. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so I hear something and I'll be like, this is so in Rick's wheelhouse. You've got to hear this. So I gift it. Because I feel, as a music consumer, I feel a responsibility to buy music even when sharing it. So yeah. I, I feel, to me, buying the product, I'm investing in the artist. If I want them to make more music, I feel I have to yeah. invest in some way. Do you, I mean, I feel like if we even just upped the subscription, like I would, I would be happy to pay, say, like thirty, forty quid a year for my subscription to Spotify, mm. quite happily. Because if I was, if I can get any music I want, mm. and I would have bought before, I probably would have bought an album a month. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So that's not a lot of money to ask for, is it? No. I just think when no one's making enough money out of streaming artist-wise well, there's, to carry there's on. There's no money in streaming, really, is, is it? Absolutely rubbish. We were really laughing the other day. We went on and had to look at all of our statistics and what that what that means for your. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's going to buy us a bottle of wine and a bit of a rubbish one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not even a good one. In America, the the songwriter Shelley Peakin that wrote "Bitch" for Meredith Brooks and loads right. of Christina Aguilera. She's big songwriter for hire. She's in heading a huge legal campaign yeah. in America to really fight Spotify in terms of songwriters earning their yeah. royalties We back. are doing that here. P- PRS are doing that here, but it's just, it's going to take a long time because they don't think they're paying us badly. What it is, is our record, like if, as the master rights owner, you're okay. It's not so bad. But if you're giving away to a record company, you know, it's, it's, it's our deal with the record companies that's bad. Given that, Shirley, what advice would you give to a budding songwriter these days? I mean, how, Just how do they make it work? Just more and more product. I think the, you know, the idea of making an album now is pointless. I think track by track by track. I would literally put singles out 10 times the product that you would have put out before. Keep it going. And just, you know, an accumulation of that hmm. hopefully will be Cheryl there. Cheryl Crow's just said that, hasn't she? She's just Has released she? her final album. And she's, and she's still selling lots of records. Yeah. But she said, I'm not doing another one. She said, the, the amount of time and effort I put into it for someone to pick out the odd tracks, play yeah. it in a different order to what I intended it as an artist. Yeah. She said, there's no point. She mm. said, I still want to make music, but I am literally, mm. I love the immediacy of I've recorded it. This is how I feel about the song today. It's mm. got a political message. I'm 
bashing it's it out It's also today. quite a good thing to just, once you've done it, to, I think for your artist, you get it out and like get it away because otherwise you can sit and rethink it and change it. Whereas if you just do it, as we know, <laughs> if you just do it and send it out there, it's done and it's, you know, and it's how you felt then and you let it go. Mm. When you say send it out there, how, how would you do that? You would go through like CD Baby or DistroKid. There's a lot of these really good setups for artists where you don't need a label but you need an association to work with spotify yeah. apple music etc and you go on there you become the label you become your publisher mm-hmm. um they collect on all the platforms for you and you they put it out for you okay and it's made really easy the mm. only trouble is is if you only put one album out okay it doesn't make you any money whereas if you just keep putting tracks out mm. hopefully the accumulation of your video on youtube you blah, 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 yeah. should, should make enough yeah I mean, no one's going to be... It's not a wealthy game anymore. You just have to hope for that one sink. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But then there are really good companies like Centric who, you know, you have a rolling deal, like a 28-day deal, and you can put all of your catalogue through them. You pay more for them to collect for you, but they also have a really fantastic sync team. So while they're sitting there mm. and they're collecting for you on a kind of admin basis, mm-hmm. they can still be pitching your songs out for sync. So that's another, yeah. you know make your own reasons to make music sort of yeah. thing and but you just much still more love product it. i do love it you couldn't stop no no it's a passion yeah how do you mm. stop i don't know if ever i get the blues and i'm feeling a little bit down mm. the one thing that is guaranteed to make me feel great is going into the studio yeah. recording a track that you really feel yeah. And you come out of there feeling a million dollars because you you came in there with nothing and you've come out with something that you can play to somebody and hopefully make them feel good. And that's a great feeling. It's a really good feeling. That's the best feeling. Have you got a song that you put on that suddenly makes you just remember why you love music again? It changes, actually. I think at the moment, Grace Lightman, for me, when I listen to that oh. album, it's just totally... I know the reaction. I just so if, feel... I, if I send Ricky something and he's really freaked out by it, yeah. he'll have tweeted about it huh. within, within a short period of time oh, yeah, of me do, sending yeah. it yeah. Right. to him. So I always know that I've hit the mark. <laughs> and sometimes oh. you can actually tweet the artist and, and, yeah. and then other times actually get back to you and they say, oh, thank you. It's I so know, nice. it's nice, isn't it? So lovely. Yeah. Well, so that's lovely. the other thing is to be really engaged with anybody yeah. who likes your music. Yeah. That's and Grace has tweeted me back a couple of times, so I, I really hope we get to meet her. I'm uh, going to see her next week in, in Islington. Vicky, you're a big songwriter, dude. She, she would want to meet you. Oh, uh, I tell him this all the time. Yeah, it's crazy, Hopefully. of course. She would want to meet you. I don't think about that. Yeah, and you know we when you, you hear something and you're a fan, yeah. which I am, yeah. I, d- I don't sort of think about them liking my stuff. It's just like... Why? But what know. happens is, so he'll message them, have their little chat, then they message me going, oh my God, look at this message me. I know, that's lovely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's really no, good. But, yeah, no, but Lee's introduced me to so many, good so stuff. many amazing artists. I think you're working with one of my Scandi new artists. Is, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong, though. Is it Hannah Mjoen or Mjoen? Hannah Mjoen. Like her. Un. Un. Okay. Un. Yeah, she's good. I like that one. Vanilla Feels is good to me. Feels good to me. Yeah, she's good. Who else was it the other day that we worked with? Who I really... Oh, Dotter. Have you heard of oh, her? Oh, so, yeah, she's... She's she did a tune with Man Zemolo, didn't she? Who was the Eurovision winner? There, he always oh, hosts know. it every year. The guy that always takes ah, his clothes off at did Eurovision. Did you send me a daughter track? Yes, you, you liked did. her. Yeah, I did yeah. like she's her. She's fab, and she's really yeah. that good in the studio. I was really impressed with her, actually. Where's she from? Daughter? Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. Sherry, I was going to ask you. Looking back on your career, like mm-hmm. today, what are you? What's your? What do you consider like your greatest achievement, or what are you proudest of? 
if you had to um, pick one period or one particular kind of I moment? I might possibly be that I'm still doing it. Like, probably today. Do you know what I mean? Because I think it's quite, you know, it's been up and down. Um, but the writing side of it has remained constant. So mm. if you're in the background, it's quite... It's sometimes quite nice because you don't have to put makeup on and you don't have to worry about that sort of stuff. But it also means that people think you're quiet and that maybe you're not doing stuff. But it's so then you have to kind of explain yourself and you feel like you need to explain yourself. And mm. it's a bit weird. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, no, I, I'm still doing it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's just a, yeah. it's a weird concept. Yeah. But Do you think the longevity of having a, a long career? Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think that's actually a really good thing. And quite a lot of people that are still doing it that I know, um, we're all quite proud of ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We all sort of pat each other on the back, go, yeah. blimey, we're still... You're still doing something that you love and keeping yeah. your neck above water. Yeah. That's great. And I suppose as remaining vital, if there is a way to do that, with when, there's, when it's such a different yeah, business yeah. and with younger people that possibly don't... Well, they probably wouldn't know the band that I was in now. So I think it's quite good to be coming at it from a whole nother professional and people are listening to music in a different way as you, as yeah. you touched upon earlier on yeah and and so to, to still be involved and, and still be doing it and working with these amazing acts that yeah, you it's work fun, with isn't it? how amazing is that I know. how privileged are we yeah i know what a wonderful I know. thing yeah. well, these young kids coming up like nina she's only like 21 yeah. 22 or something it's good yeah, isn't it i think mid-20s maybe and she's a young kid but she's yeah. but it's a, it's an honor to be able to work with these young kids and, and to, to actually be a part of it you yeah know? in fact you give the exact yeah. same answer when we asked you on Pound for Pound podcast what your greatest achievement was Ricky the same answer we survived yeah <laughs> we survived <laughs> exactly kindred spirits here yeah. yeah that's quite funny isn't it yeah. is there anyone you haven't worked with as in a bigger name that you always wanted to and it's still on your list I think he I think it would have been Prince but he's dead did you ever get to meet him or? I met him once it's really disappointing, though. Really? Yeah, I don't. I try not to think about it because I love him so bad. It, it was all a bit, you know, lots of bodyguards and a bit, a bit of an arse, really. I wonder how similar it would have been to Kim's experience on the Michael Jackson tour. Oh, did she not yeah. have a good experience? She only met him once during yeah, a very, very once. long yeah. tour. What? Yeah, it's a really long tour, and halfway through, she's been interviewed for a, one of the rags, and they said, "What's Michael like?" She goes, I "Don't know. I've not met him yet." And they said, what? what? So you've been on tour for, you know, six weeks and you still haven't... Never met him. Never met him. And she said, well, no. And then the next day she was summoned up to... Oh, to go and meet him. To go and meet oh, him, yeah. No. And it was, it was like, obviously, he was quite embarrassed about it. And she was ushered in, had the photo taken with him. And, and ushered, then ushered out. out. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so it's all a bit strange. Do you know how sad I am? I remember the newspaper tagline because the album that you were promoting was close and the picture was with her and Michael, and it said, close, question mark. Oh, really? <laughs> the, oh, I love that, That was that, the picture Lee. on the paper. Shelley, yes. um, I'm going to wrap this up now, because okay. I think we've um, taken enough of your through. time. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's uh, been what, really a, nice a to meet you. A wonderful chat we've had with you. Yeah. And, um, I really hope we work together again. We definitely will. I'll think of something good to do, and we definitely will. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> I, look, I look forward to it. So, yeah, many thanks. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. That was so good.
It was so good, and what a lovely lady. Thanks, Shelley, so much for sharing your life with us and, and letting us into your home and making some wonderful coffee. As I said earlier in the podcast, we do share so many parallels. Um, we both have famous dads, both being singers, uh, working with siblings, and, yeah, writing together with them. I, I mean, it's so interesting to hear her story and her words of wisdom. I, I think a lot of wannabe writers can learn so much from her. Also, I'd like to just give a big shout-out to Ali McElaine, uh, Shelley's husband, guitarist, plays in Texas with Charlene Splatteri. Uh, we had a fantastic chat in the kitchen and it was lovely seeing him looking so well. Uh, he was very poorly a few years back, but he's come through it. And um, he's just a fascinating guy. And I, I know he's got some amazing stories that uh, hopefully he'll be sharing with us one day here on Unsung Heroes 2. You have been listening to Unsung Heroes with me, Ricky Wilde, Jake Wood and Lee Bennett. Produced and created by myself and Jake Wood for Wildwood Productions. With music and editing, again by myself, Ricky Wilde. Artwork by Scarlet Wild and hosted by Acast. Just to remind you that there is a link in the notes directing you to a Spotify playlist featuring all the songs we have discussed in this episode. Many thanks for listening. Unsung Heroes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.